Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL Online Safety Podcast, the free definitive guide helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. I'm Jess Macbeth here with Gareth Court. Hello, Gareth. Hi, Jess. Hi, everyone. We are online safety consultants with SWGFL, partner of the UK Safer Internet Centre. We're a charity dedicated to empowering the safe and secure use of technology through innovative services, tools, content and policy nationally and globally. So welcome. Today, we are going to talk about you and your reputation online. Okay, Gareth, I've got a question for you. Have you ever looked yourself up? Oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Have you ever looked yourself up online? I have indeed looked myself up online. I have Googled myself. Definitely not a euphemism. And did you find anything surprising? I I did, yeah. It, It was a bit far down, though, to be honest. It wasn't on the first two, three, four pages of Google search results, which in all fairness is about as far as most people go when they want to Google someone's name and find out about them. They don't tend to trawl through pages and pages. But about 10 pages down, I found a search result, which was a message that I put on a message board way, way back when I was about 14, 15. So uh, we're going back a number of years now. Uh, But just shows that it's it's now been on the internet for a couple of decades. And you can still find it if you really want to go and look at it. It's nothing interesting to me. It's nothing controversial. Um, That's why it's kind of down on about page 10 of the results. But it does show that things hang around. And this is where, you know, thinking about your reputation, both on social media and the wider internet, is is really, really important because things can hang around for a long period of time. And uh, the internet, Mm. I'm sure you agree, Jess, people as well, are not always good at viewing things in context. So if you come to a particular message or a photo out of context, it can create a very different picture or impression um and the one yeah. that actually tells the story accurately and um I, i've said this a lot to young people i'm sure you've had similar discussions of um if you show them a, a photo that maybe looks a bit ambiguous or possibly looks like something negative is going on and you don't explain the story behind it uh most people make up their own story don't they in the absence of, of knowing the facts or knowing what's actually happening you just make up a story to fit the picture it's kind of what we do as human beings to to make sense of things and of course well absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean you have we all have an online brand we, we all have something so um and actually if you've got nothing online that tells me something if i'm looking you up um but it's all about this idea of you know write write your own story rather than let other people write it but funnily enough i had also looked myself up online as you do occasionally. And um, I found this tweet that I don't know, I, I'm on Twitter. It's one of my favorite platforms. We're definitely, you know, Twitter's great most of the time. Um, and I found this tweet and I, I use Twitter for professional purposes, but 
about, I don't know, two years ago, some last year, I had tweeted about how I'd, I'd, I took a photo of some shortbread that I made and I tweeted about <laughs> taking shortbread to football. Or and it was just like this showy offy tweet. And anybody, I was really surprised to see that in the search results fairly high up. I have no idea why that one features and all my other stuff doesn't. But the funny thing is, like, you'd think I was a baker. You know, but anybody that knows me, this is yeah, cooking is not my forte. So you're you're not but positioning. I was giving that impression. You're not <laughs> you're not positioning yourself uh, for the next season of Great British Bake Off then. <laughs> no, no, that's not me. My grandma, yeah, me, no. So um, so yeah, so there is this thing. Firstly, about the stuff that you put out there, you know, what what is it, and are you kind of, I suppose, are you deliberate in 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 what you create? Um, and then secondly, what comes up on the search results because it might be stuff that you're not expecting. Absolutely. And um, I think it's it's about knowing your audience, isn't it? As you, as you said there, using a, a Twitter handle professionally, you know, to, to talk about work, to talk about online safety things, um, and, then, and then throwing in something that, that, you know, kind of isn't in that domain, is then actually trying to appeal to a different audience in some ways. And, and so, so I think kind of knowing where your stuff is going and who's going to see it is, is really, really key. Um, and there are lots mm. of ways of taking control of that online, which we'll, we'll come to in a little bit. Um, but it is about taking that control, I think, and, and having that ownership over it. And as you said right at the start, Jess, build, building the story that you want to tell online, you, the way you want yeah. people to, to perceive yeah. you. Although, of course, it's not just about what you post. That's very true. It's what other people post about you as well, isn't it? And that takes us into the realm, I think, of educators and other professionals uh, that deliver services to children and young people who might find themselves on the receiving end of criticism or being deliberately targeted, uh, fake profiles, all that kind of stuff. Have you come across any examples of that? I'm afraid I have, yeah, and I'm sure you have too, working with uh, with staff and, and others who work with children, either in schools or, or further afield as is that they're they're part of a community, aren't they? Particularly if you take a school as an example, you've got you've got the students, you've got all the the staff, teachers or otherwise, you've got the parents and carers, you have the the governing board, you have the wider local community around it, and it it does mean you know just as you get playground gossip and rumor, it it does make its way online as well, and and it can cause serious problems, and it it's it's almost impossible to completely defend from obviously you know the internet is a platform for freedom of expression people are going to express themselves they're going to give their opinions and views on different things the key thing to do is to is to challenge it positively when you see it but also try to get to the root cause of the problem and in so many cases i've seen that that have involved um members of the school community saying negative or controversial things about the school about the teachers it's quite often been underpinned by having having a a problem or an issue that hasn't been resolved I think that's where Mm. for schools for any organization to be honest if you you know whether you work with children and parents and carers or the general public I think it's about about knowing your the people around you be it your local community your customer base but also having really clear routes for them to to express complaints to be able to come and talk to you being open and transparent trying to respond to these things um you know i i'm a realist i know that you can't please everyone all of the time and there are always going to be people in in those communities who are unhappy with things and will remain so and will continue to to express that either online or offline despite your efforts but i think Getting to the root cause of that problem rather than just a knee-jerk reaction of trying to get it removed off Twitter or removed off Facebook is a, is a far more positive way to try and build those bridges in that community. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there are going to be issues though, aren't there? I, I had a chat with Carmel Glassbrook, the project manager of the Professionals Online Safety Helpline, about some of these reputational issues. Um, and she was telling me that actually a good proportion of the, the contacts that they get on the helpline are, are from professionals about their own reputation. So she gave some tips, particularly around about Facebook and, and kind of managing your, your online profile and reputation on there. So let, let's have a little listen to Carmel. 
So in terms of social media profiles, of course, teachers and, and, and professionals are humans too, and you're allowed to have your own social media presence, um, but perhaps curate it in a way that, um, that you feel is appropriate to your profession. So um, one good trip, uh, tip, tip to know is that Facebook, for example, um, on your profile, your profile picture and your cover photo are never private, no matter what settings you have in place, they are always visible. So perhaps it's not a good idea to use the bikini shot from your Magaluf holiday um, last year as your profile picture. Um, you know, maybe use a picture of your cat or your, or your dog, someone that's a bit something that's a bit less recognisable and the same for your cover photo. Facebook do have a real name policy so I can't advise that you would use a, um, a different name um, but perhaps a variation of your real name sometimes might be a good idea. So some some really good tips there I think from from Carmel and um, there's a lot here isn't there to think about in terms of our um, online lives. I was having a think about this actually the other day because I was wondering about this idea of you know being on say on Facebook and using it as a, a a personal resource so you've got your personal profile on there um and there was there was a friend of mine who went to do teacher training and um, I noticed that she changed her online um her name on on Facebook so she still had the her real name but she changed it to her first name and her middle name so um and I guess that is this idea of of kind of not being findable online but I've kind of been wondering about that as a as a mechanism do you, do you know what I mean but like is that the right thing to do so we, we make ourselves not findable online so that we can avoid somebody having a go at us it seems I, a bit yeah I, I I see where you're coming from yeah it's I think it's sometimes again a, a a choice of staff and of course it's an individual choice it's a choice to be on social media or not in the first totally. place um but I think it's a choice of staff sometimes to kind of feel that they don't want to be found by by the members of say a school community be it by the students by the parents or carers or or whoever um in my experience i tend to find that that despite all of those things if if someone in that community really wants to find you online they'll probably find a way of tracking you down one way or well, another this is, yes that's so, it, exactly they'll find you if they really want to find you yeah. so and then what you've done you've actually made it more difficult for people for your friends <laughs> to find you because you're not under your normal i just started to think about it I thought that's, it's a bit to me it's a little bit like um you know, it's like it's like saying to a kid, well, you know, you, you can avoid being bullied if you just don't go to school or something. Whereas actually yeah. we need to tackle why are you being bullied? So, but I know it's 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 easy for me to say that, you know, and it's really difficult for individuals that are on are on the no, receiving I, end. Of... I think it I think it raises I think it raises a really valid point. I think particularly if you start putting it in the context of of those of us who work with children and young people and thinking about the example that it sets to them. And while it is yes. a, a good defense mechanism is it the most positive way of displaying how to be, you know, a, an online citizen who interacts positively with others and understands how to use these tools for for professional and personal benefit? Maybe Precisely. not. You know, there's a bit of a debate there. So, um, well, it is. I mean, but as I say, it's easy for us to say that. You know, we can take this high ground and go. Um, but you know, I can totally understand that, that that you know, people sometimes people are not nice online, and it might be easier to not not sort of leave the, the door wide open to them to come and find you but hmm, maybe, maybe Jess and I and I don't say this often maybe we should be more like celebrities um I'll explain what I mean by that first though okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean buy a yacht and sail off into the horizon although we'd all probably oh. like to do that um obviously a lot of celebrity well obviously a lot of celebrities have social media accounts managed by a team 
we can't do that. But a lot mm. of celebrities tend to have a public facing account that represents their brand, as you mentioned earlier, and another separate account that they use for more private interactions with family and friends and people they're close to. And so so maybe mm. there's an element of that. I, I totally understand it. it requires a bit more management. But but maybe as someone who works in a school or works with young people, the solution is to have an account that's public facing that, that shows you as you know teacher of wherever school and, and and you know sort of limits the amount of details about that about your personal life and maybe having another account that's used purely yeah. for those kind of things that, that maybe is a bit more locked down and private so that people can't but you know what so easily. I bet there's people listening to this going oh, I can't be bothered to do all that I better not <laughs> to be online at all what do you think about that it's and and again I can totally understand that and again I've heard issues in schools where I could I could completely understand if staff wanted to come off social media and never touch it again because they've they've had some quite negative experiences where where personal details be they phone numbers or other contact information has got out there into the public domain and it it has made life really really difficult um and I think it's it's a balancing act and I, I don't think any of us can kind of give a nice, easy answer to this because it really depends on your situation and your context. Mm. Um, imagine if you're a teacher working in a school and you also have a, a child, your child is in that school and therefore you're also a parent. So you, you're fulfilling kind of two roles in that school community. You're probably going to be friends with other parents, obviously. You might have those friends on Facebook, but you're probably going to have staff members as friends on Facebook. Suddenly you've, you've got to kind of manage these, these two different audiences, as I mentioned earlier, how, how you kind of present yourself to one or the other and and while it is a bit of a faff I totally get that it's surely that's part of life we don't always present ourselves in exactly the same way to everyone we ever come across and I think the online space is the same as well we, we present ourselves in different ways to different people and I think it's it's about being aware of that and managing that to the best of your ability mm -hmm. I don't know what mm -hmm. do you think yeah, I agree. I think you know what we need to be online. That's that's my perspective. There's loads of benefits of being online, living digitally. We're going through a transformation. So the idea of saying, well, I'm just going to step away from all of that, I think is is it's not that is not a long term sustainable solution. But the really critical thing is it's becoming much more difficult to to do a good separation between professional me and personal me online the boundaries are getting blurred all the time um and and they're getting blurred in, in a way by the technology as well so um you know it's not just sort of not sending or accepting a friend request but it's about people popping up in your people you may know feed on on facebook um it's about using platforms in different ways um and, and it's just you know what I mean? it's, it's becoming quite complex i'm not sure what the answer is to all of that perhaps it is about being again much more mindful about what you post <laughs> and having agreements with other people as well about what they post about you. you know is it okay to tag you in photos and videos is it okay to talk about you or your children uh, online that that kind of stuff yeah so I, there are some basics there yeah I, I totally agree and I, I think it comes down to discussion doesn't it and, and actually having these discussions talking to to each other about these expectations and um you know, it, in the case of a lot of offline social situations, we we sometimes have these unwritten social expectations, don't we, of how you're supposed to behave or how you're supposed to act mm -hmm. online. As, as you mentioned, it, it's kind of blurred or sometimes those those rules almost don't exist at all. And it's it's difficult to feel your way through. And I think the, the best way of finding where you stand on these things is, is to talk to people about it, find out 
where those boundaries or those expectations lie and then you can work within those yeah. um, and that's where a lot of the social media reporting has kind of gone now if, if you've seen so um, when you report something say for example on Facebook one of the first steps it tries to take you through is is either removing it off your timeline or your news feed so you, you're not going to see those kind of things again um, but then if it's actually been posted by someone you know and you have contact with it's it's about trying to get you to reach out and ask them to remove it or to amend it or to do something to, to express to them mm. that it was something that upset you or made you unhappy and it's what we call social reporting and um for, for those people who are kind of open to it um who genuinely maybe put something up about realizing it was upsetting or you know tried to say something using sarcasm in a comment and it didn't it kind of backfired or offended someone it, it, in those cases social reporting works really well to help people just be more aware of, of where they've maybe gone wrong and have an opportunity to correct that mistake um where the, the sort of the harder reporting comes in you know of actually sort of having to block people and, and send proper reports through to, to facebook and others is where people aren't open to that or people have deliberately done these things maliciously to, to upset mm. someone or, or maybe damage someone else's reputation yeah so so i think discussion is really really key about all of this yeah let's let's run through a few steps then that we would recommend people should take thinking about their online reputation i would start with this idea of looking yourself up online so in a browser open a browser do it in incognito mode or, or logged out because you don't want the if it's if it's um if it's google for example you don't want it to be serving you information based on your interests etc you want to look yourself up as somebody else as a stranger might see you so put your name in in in, in speech marks uh, and see what comes up and put in, you know, usernames, nicknames, um, you could put in your email address, you could just different things to see what pops up and have a look at the images and videos as well. You may well have been tagged in some stuff that you weren't um, necessarily aware of. And the other thing is to look at, at your social media profiles as well. So, you know, what, if somebody searches for you on, you know, the, the main kind of platforms, what do they find? So that would be my kind of first tip. What about you, Can Gareth? I... Oh, yes, go on. Yeah. Sorry, just to add to that, Jess, I think that's a really good idea, as you mentioned, sort of trying out different combinations of a full name and usernames and other information. Um, because if you've got a name that's particularly common, you know, if you're called John Smith, you're very unlikely to find yourself when you just type it into Google. So I think you have to be a little bit more sophisticated mm -hmm. in those searches to, to try and really dig in. And, and of course, you're trying to get to what other people might get to as well, because they may try and search for the same thing. So I think being as specific as possible is a good idea because you might uncover something that that maybe you didn't realise was kind of out there in the public eye. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Good good point there. Um, so then what do you do if you find something that you're not happy with? That's so, the next yeah, question. <laughs> really, it, it is about taking steps to, to try and uh, you know sort of deal with that. If it is showing up in, for example, Google search results, then it's being pulled through from a social network or a website out into a public facing search result. So if that particular website or or social media account you're using has got privacy settings, then putting those things in place is a really powerful way to stop that from being pulled out into a search result that can be viewed by anyone in the public. So so putting those privacy settings in place is really important and also checking them regularly as well. So sort of every couple of months or so, many of the services uh, update their, their features and functionality on a regular basis. Sometimes they, they move buttons around, they change the features. Um, I've heard of things in the past where even some of these privacy settings have been set back to the default yeah. when an update has mm -hmm. taken place mm -hmm. and, and people have been caught out because they thought they had it all set up. You know, they haven't checked for about a year. They suddenly go back in, they realize that they've been sharing things far more widely. So, so being on top of your privacy settings is a really good idea. And actually on our UK Safer Internet Centre website, we do have uh, checklists for how to check your settings on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Snapchat. And you can find those at www.saferinternet.org.uk forward slash checklists.
So that's a really good one. That's to a really out. good one. Yes. The other useful tool to, rem- to um, <clears throat> remind people about would be report harmful content. So if you've reported, so, so let's say you found, let's say there's a, there's a picture of you, you're not happy about it. You're not able to take it down. You try contacting, you know, the organization that hosts it or the person that posted it, and they're not taking it down either, or you don't get the kind of response that you're looking for. You can go to www.reportharmfulcontent.com and, and, and report the issue through there and that will help to uh, expedite it with uh, they work with quite a lot of the major companies at social media and gaming companies as well so it's it's a really good resource um, to get something removed if you're having difficulty but of course you can't always get something removed it, it can be a bit a bit more complex can't it Gareth? Absolutely and I, I think that's where the report harmful content site is is really useful because they're they're acting as an advocate on your behalf um, trying to explain to the social media companies the context behind that content um, but but sometimes even with that it, it may not be something that's considered serious enough to, to breach their their community standards or their their terms of service or things like that so sometimes yeah. these things do stay up and I think I think that's a really important point to raise Jess is, is this difference between having uh, an opinion and expressing it online and saying something uh, to deliberately harm someone else and that's actually in the UK where where the defamation act of 2013 comes in so a, another useful tip is to to be aware of this act if if i'm honest if you were going to take someone to court under the defamation act to, to try and find them guilty it's probably going to be a very long and expensive process mm. so it's you know it's kind of reserved there for for issues that are going to be considered particularly serious. Um, and in fact, the act is all about whether or not someone has caused or is likely to cause serious harm. But yes. there, are, there are a number of defences on that. And one of those is whether someone's telling the truth or if it's an honest opinion or, or whether or not they're even the original sort of author or publisher or editor of a content. And on social media, that again, those lines become blurred about, you know, if you retweet something controversial about someone else, does that where where in the chain do you sit? Are, are you an author still of that content or are you an editor? Are you a publisher? So it, it gets very, oh, very messy. So messy, so being yeah. aware that you, you can pursue those legal lines. I think I think in the case of, of people who who are working in schools and other educational settings, uh, you know, making sure you have clear clear routes within your setting to to let a line manager or senior leadership know about this so that they can help and support you with this process is really key. Um as is of course contacting report harmful content and also our professionals online safety helpline, which we'll mention at the yeah, end. totally. So there are routes of help, but you've got to you've got to do it in the right way and you've 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 got to reach out to get that help. And there definitely. are as well, I remember chatting with Carmel about this. There are Sometimes other routes that you can, so let's say there was something online about you that wasn't particularly nice about you, um, but you couldn't get it taken down just because you you know, felt a bit unhappy that you were criticised, but there might be other aspects to it. So for example, it might include some personal data or information about you. So you might be able to take that route for getting it taken down. Or like you say, it could be kind of harassing or have hate speech or something else in it. So there are different angles you can take that might not be the one, you know, the, the, the original issue that's actually um, concerning you. That that might not breach uh, the, the, the community guidelines but but something else might but this is where you know our sort of support might come in through report harmful content or the professionals online safety helpline as well so there there is quite a lot you can do but let's just say as well so the next step you've gone through all of that and there's still something online about you (laughs) that you don't like you know you search yourself online and this stuff pops up what's the next step cry no <laughs> well probably well, yes. do that, depending, yes. depending on what's out there um it's it's about being positive isn't it again yes. going back to, to what we kind of you know started some of the conversations about it's, it's about how we can be positive how we can uh show off the best of ourselves online how we can build that that story and that reputation that we want to build and so if there are things popping up in in google search results about you that you're not so happy about um quite often the most effective way to to 
move them out of the public eyes to push them down those search results. And the easiest way to do that is to do lots of great positive things and record those online in some way. It could be writing a blog or creating a YouTube channel or some other things that are going to be pulled through by that search engine and start to display those those new, more current links. And it's a it's a great way, for lack of a better expression, of burying mm-hmm. The bad stuff, you know, you may not be able to get those links removed, although there are mechanisms to, to sometimes help with that. Um, but, but you can definitely show people who you are now rather than yeah. something silly that maybe you said on Twitter 10 years ago that you don't want to come back and bite you. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a quick win. You know, I think I think that takes time and it's about claiming the space. So you certainly want to have your name on kind of if this is an issue for you and you something you need to do, you need to claim your name on various social media, you know, the main platforms, think about creating your own website, etc. Um, and of course, there will be other, you know, there'll be professional reputation management type organizations that can help with all of that as well, if it's really an issue. for somebody. Absolutely. I, th- I think this raises a really interesting point also just to mention, Jess, about, you know, we've been talking about this in the context of, of adults who, uh, you know, work with young people and children in, in lots of different capacities. But a, but a really important one to talk to, to children and young people themselves about, to help them understand that the digital footprints and the online reputations they're creating now are going to be out there for a long time. And also that the we as the internet collectively have a very bad habit of totally. judging people on what they said or done years ago and holding That's it as right. if they've just said it today. And for children particularly, if they say something or do something silly when they're 12 or 13, should that really be held against them when they're 18 and an adult? You know, they've, they've gone through a heck of a lot of development and learning. I'm sure they've probably learned from those mistakes and moved on. Well, Is it right that, yes. to hold those it, things against them when they're now potentially a very different person? It's like that tribal type thing of, of yeah. pulling someone down. Have you heard of the phrase milkshake duck? I haven't, but you've intrigued me. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> a milkshake duck is it, basically what it refers to is somebody who has overnight fame online. So, you know, it's the person that rescues somebody from a burning building or they do something amazing and the world loves them for like 24 hours. And then the old tweets surface from 10 years earlier where they said, you know, that they used inappropriate language or something like that. And they're taken down. That's what a milkshake duck is. It was named after, I think it was some tweet about, at some um, funny tweet that was about, you know, here, here's a milkshake duck, a duck that loves drinking milkshakes. And then five seconds later, oh no, actually he was racist. It's terrible. That that was the original sort of tweet after which the, the phrase was coined. But it's so current. And I do wonder, are we going to get to the stage where... Um, I'm not saying all the content is is okay, but are we going to get to the stage where it, you know everybody did stupid stuff when they were 15, and that's just the way it, way it is, you know, rather than continually bringing everybody down? It's it's interesting, isn't it? And and this whole idea of of treating everyone with the expectations we hold of of adults and their behaviour, yes. and again for young people, should they be treated? like an adult when they when they make a mistake and again as you said should the default just be actually we are all going to make mistakes because do you know what in the real world you know offline mm-hmm. away from the internet we mm-hmm. all do that every single day and mm-hmm. and you know anyone listening who's who works in an education setting knows that we tell children and young people that that is a positive experience that that gives you an opportunity to learn and to develop yes. and to grow and yet online <laughs> the connotations are very very different so it is hard it is it is kind of weird okay um let's talk a little bit more then about a few tools you, you mentioned privacy settings um absolutely critical need to keep an eye on those there are various services as well that you can get to kind of clean up your profile so to to, to automatically delete um old tweets etc so you can look into all of that also probably really important is to set up a google alert isn't it have you got a google alert set up gareth i haven't actually i probably (gasps) should do i know terrible terrible i um (laughs) i've been so busy recently i haven't been active on social media so i'm not Uh really concerned that anything new about me has really gone out (laughs) but uh, but i do i definitely do need to do that 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry I asked you now. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. okay. So they you say can it wouldn't be anything to... interesting anyway. Trust me. <laughs> oh, really? So you don't need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we shall move smoothly on from that. So to go, you go to uh, google.co.uk forward slash alerts, and you can set up an alert for your name or your organisation's name or your children's name or whatever whatever it is you want to do, and you'll get notified if it comes up online. So it's just a really it's a free service to use, just a really useful one to be aware of. The other, I mean, there's lots of security type stuff as well. So just lock down, you know, delete old stuff, think about your privacy settings, but really also think about and talk with everybody in your network about what's okay with you and what isn't okay so that, you know, you, you don't get any surprises. Absolutely. I think it's also about, um, you know, as we said earlier, talk, thinking about your audience or audiences on different platforms and also uh, taking control of those those friends and followers and contacts lists as well. So if they've, they've kind of ballooned yes. over the years, you've got lots of contacts yes. in there that you don't, you don't speak to anymore, you don't feel need to be able to see information about you, then, then kind of pruning those lists and managing mm-hmm. those lists is always a positive step as well. Okay, so um, before we finish up, if you have a question or issue you'd like us to discuss in the podcast, please get in touch by emailing podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Now, Gareth, do you have a recommendation of one thing to read, watch or listen to? I do indeed. Yes, I'm a little bit behind the trend most of the time. So I get to things about two or three years after they've been released. And so this recommendation is, has been out for a couple of years, at least, I think. But I, I finally got around to watching the the Netflix film called The Circle, starring Emma Watson and Tom Hanks, uh, based on the book by Dave Eggers. It has no relation to the Channel 4 show that's on at the moment. Um, it's a fascinating take on on what could happen if, if social media played a, an even bigger role and influence in our society and our lives. So basically, it's a, this kind of this dystopian future if you like where, where social media underpins the infrastructure of everything that people do and and sort of live streaming 24 hours a day is, is sort of becoming more the norm and and i think it's really relevant to today in terms of um privacy and surveillance and anonymity and all these kind of issues that, that have been brought up from social media in the last few years so so a really good one to to look at and get you thinking about what happens now in, in the present with our social media but what could happen in the future as well uh i've just got to try and find time to read the actual book now to see how it compares uh how about oh you jess uh, what's your recommendation yes so i'm I, I love podcasts you know in the car doing the washing walking the dog whatever so i enjoy a u.s podcast called reply all now it's hosted by pj vote and alex goldman from gimlet but there's a really fantastic episode well i think it's fantastic uh, episode number 143 and it's called permanent record. So it's all about uh, stories from people that have got things online about them that they wish weren't there. So you will laugh, uh, you will cry. It's It's got it all in there. So it, it's brilliant. Sounds fantastic. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you for listening to this SWGFL podcast. If you found our podcast helpful, then please obviously subscribe, but also spread the word to your fellow educators. This free podcast is available on most casting apps. As always, If you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk or by calling 0344 381 4772. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the podcast, don't forget to drop us an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. A better internet starts with us. Goodbye. This Safeguarding Children online podcast has been produced by SWGFM. Southwest Grid for Learning is a charity that has specialised in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. 
The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.